Good morning to all of you here and all of you online. And as we've been sharing, today is the beginning of Advent in the Christian calendar. So what is Advent and what does it mean? Well, Advent is the fourth Sunday before Christmas. And the word means coming. And in this season, we remember the coming of Jesus into the world. And coming actually has three meanings. The first meaning is when Jesus came to earth, became a man, lived as a man, and died for our sins so that we could have eternal life. That's the first coming that we remember in the season of Advent. The second coming is when we came to the Lord, when we surrendered our lives to Jesus, when we recognized that our Lord and Savior had come to this earth to die for us, to save us from our sins, to give us eternal life with the Father. And if we've done that, we are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and a follower of Jesus. And if you haven't done that, and I love the way Nikki Gumbel teaches um, in the, the, the way that they present it, we've got a donut-shaped hole in our hearts, and that hole can only be filled by Jesus. Otherwise, we'll always have that hole, no matter how much love, no matter how much we do, we need to fill that donut-shaped hole in our hearts with Jesus. And so if you want to do that today, don't leave it. Don't think about it. Don't, oh, I'll put it off. If the Lord is touching your heart today, speak to someone. Get them to pray with you. Pray that you want forgiveness from your sins, that you want Jesus in your life, and that you want to follow him, and that you love him. So that's the second coming into our lives when Jesus comes. And then we're awaiting another coming which the Bible promises us that Jesus is coming back in bodily form and he's coming and this will be his final time when he will rule and reign as king and judge over the earth and we will live with him in eternity. So we've had the first coming, most of us have had the second and we're all awaiting the third coming. So this is what the season of Advent is about. And... Um, it's also a journey. It's a journey towards Jesus. We get closer to him and we experience his peace. The Bible says, and Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but I have come to give you peace. And so we will not have peace in our lives without Jesus. And it's a journey. Advent is a journey. Our Christian walk is a journey. And we are journeying towards Jesus, towards his peace. So the Advent season is all about reflecting how we can prepare our hearts and our homes to welcome Jesus in our world today. And so many of the Christmas decorations that we put up at this time are symbols that remind us of Jesus, the the tree is for everlasting. 
We see the red, the blood of Jesus, the white, the purity. We see the light. He's the light of the world. There's so much that we do and say and remember in our decorating our homes. But are we opening our hearts to receive all of that as well? So Advent also invites us to step away from what can be a really frenzied time. Lots of parties, lots of work things to finish, deadlines to complete. And it just gets really crazy, doesn't it? And this Advent season is the opportunity to just commemorate the birth of Jesus, to step back, reflect on the place he has in our lives and his promise to return. So let's look at the gospel. Always a good place to go, isn't it? The Gospel of Luke, and I'm reading from chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. And this is where the birth of Jesus is recorded. How precious, amazing that your journey is still going crazy. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. In that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, 
glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. What an amazing story. The prophecies of the Old Testament spoke of a Messiah who would be born in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph were living in Nazareth, but God used a pagan Roman emperor to get them to Bethlehem in time for the birth. A miracle, perhaps? I think so. I find it fascinating that an angel, a messenger from God, who would make this incredible earth-shattering announcement to a bunch of shepherds out in the fields tending their sheep. No wonder they were afraid. But then the angel gave them a sign, and everything fell into place. What was that sign? And what did it mean to the shepherds? Well, verse 12 says, And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This sign would not have meant anything to anyone else, not even other shepherds. But it meant everything to these shepherds. You see, these shepherds were called Levitical shepherds. They had been chosen and trained to attend the flock of sheep that were to be used as sacrificial lambs in the temple. The temple had sacrificial lambs sacrificed daily, and at Passover, very special sacrificial lambs. These were the lambs. Sacrificial lambs had to be spotless and without blemish. They required special treatment and observing. According to the law, the sheep that were used for the offerings had to be a one-year-old male that had been outside for one year. When the mother ewe was preparing to give birth, she was taken to a special place designated for the birth of the sacrificial lambs. This was a cave kept sterile and clean for the arrival of the newborn sacrificial lambs. The newborn lambs were immediately wrapped in clean swaddling cloths and placed in a manger. The white linen swaddling cloths were to protect them and keep them from blemish with no bones broken during the birth or after pure, spotless lambs. That sign could only mean one thing. These Levitical shepherds knew exactly which manger it was. Their manger. Migdal Eder, the tower of the flock. That sign, which meant everything to these shepherds, led them straight to where Jesus was born. They weren't running around knocking on doors, searching for mangers, trying to... They knew exactly, exactly where a pure spotless lamb would be swaddled in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. That's where the sacrificial lambs were birthed. 
they went straight there. So it was not a messy stable with other animals like we sing and see in the children's nativity plays any more than there was a little drummer boy there. These are stories that have crept in and they're beautiful, but that's not where he was born. The place where Jesus was laid would have been spotlessly, ceremonially clean. The shepherds were doing their priestly duty, adding their priestly witness that Jesus was indeed worthy of becoming the last sacrifice, the pure, spotless lamb. And another thing, when he was sacrificed on the cross, giving his life for us, not one of his bones was broken. God's attention to detail is so complete, there can be no denying that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. As John declared in his gospel in chapter 1 and verse 29, Although the shepherds were classed among the lowest in society, Jesus declared himself a shepherd, the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. And the sheep who know his voice follow him. David, speaking prophetically hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, composed Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's not forget the miraculous beginnings of a babe who was called Jesus or Emmanuel, God with us, who became our sacrificial lamb and our good shepherd. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace, another one of his names. And the angels declared at his birth that he came to bring peace on earth, goodwill to men on whom his favor rests. Do you know the peace of Jesus? The peace that passes all understanding? Or do you become anxious and worried about your circumstances or the troubles in this world. Take this time of Advent as we remember the coming of our dear Saviour's birth to spend time in his presence, saturating yourself in prayer and the word, and find your peace. There's a beautiful Bible app, version, and they've got some incredible Bible studies and devotionals that will take you through Advent. So, so do look them up and be intentional about spending time in his presence in the season, reflecting on who he is and what he's done for us. Isaiah 26.3 says, You, Lord, will keep in perfect peace 
all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So I pray that you will find the peace of God as we enter this season of Advent. And I'm sorry for the people not in the room. You won't be able to do this, but maybe you can pick up the hints as I describe them and then perhaps do something at home. And we're going to do a little activity now. And then after that, I'm going to ask you to pray for each other, to identify an area in your life where maybe you don't have peace and receive prayer for that. So make room for peace. And this is what we're going to be doing. You each can grab an orange and the little plastic packet underneath it and the extra ones on other tables. Um, if there are too many of you at a table, make sure you get. So, you've got an orange. The orange represents the world because Jesus came into the world. So, the orange represents the world. You've got a white ribbon. You're going to need to borrow someone's thumb to put it in place. Tie the white ribbon around the orange. That's surrounding the world with the peace of God. Then you have a candle and a little candlestick. The candle also stands for peace. It's a white candle and it speaks of the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. He brings us light. So you can stick your candle in the top. You also have some cloves. I hope you can smell the cloves. They speak of the fragrance of God. So stick some cloves into your orange to remind you of the love of God and his fragrance. And lastly, Mark is putting um, some glue sticks on your tables. You have some flags. And could you go to the next slide? Mark's um, explained what the flags are. These are just four countries that I've chosen where there is war, where these people don't have peace. So if you fold your little flag in half and then stick the toothpick in the middle, you've got a little flag on a flagpole and you can stick it in your orange. So the first flag, if you can identify that one, that's Afghanistan. There is not peace in that country, and people are still fleeing. There's Syria. We have wonderful connections with ministry going on in Syria, where it's just horrendous. They don't have food, they don't have homes, they don't have water, they don't have electricity, and they're in fear of their lives. 
of those that will come and take whatever they do have. The Democratic Republic of Congo. We've been there. It's not a pleasant place. And the fighting goes on and on and on. And the Ukraine. The news is full of what's happening in Ukraine. We see Russia retreating and then bombing the cities. So have fun creating your world of peace. And please take it home with you and may it remind you to pray for peace, to pray for peace in the world, to pray for these countries. If anybody's missing anything in their little packet, just let me know. I think I got everything right. And then those of you that are on Zoom, if you can take those ideas, you might be able to make something to remind yourselves later. But otherwise, would you pray? Pray for peace for each other, for your homes, for your families, for your colleagues, for these countries. And maybe just have a little chat about what you learned about the shepherds. So thank you very much. Enjoy.